Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Copy Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Copay Podcast. It is the Chef United reaction show. Chef United nil, Liverpool two. The first time we've managed to beat a promoted side away from home since we beat Watford back in October of 2021. So you could feel the angst amongst the uh, fan base online going into this one, just expecting Liverpool to not play well, which we didn't, but to not get a result as well, which we thank- thankfully we did and we-, we got over the line, which is... The main thing in this run of games, especially with loads of games coming up, um, the, the side, this side of Christmas on the other side of Christmas as well. Um, but before we get into it, I'm joined by Christian as always. How are you doing, lad? Yeah, good. Uh, was out last night with work, had a meal and a, a few wines in the a bevy, and and watched the game on my phone. Actually, I missed the first like 15 minutes, uh, but then I obviously followed the, the group chat that we have. Um, there's loads of things going on there. I, I, I put this phone aside for like, you know, I, I don't know, a couple of minutes. And then I checked. It was like 40 messages. And I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> so I, I just turned the, the match on on my phone and watched it as much as I could uh, while having nice food and, yeah, good company. Good so all good. Yeah. It's, it's even better when Liverpool get over the line in, in games like this and very important wins. Um, but before we get into... Uh, all the stuff, the goals and and whatever else. Just thought it'd be a good place to start with Joel Matip because it's it is like horrific news about that he'll be out for well, God knows how long, and his contract ends in the summer. So he's he's ruptured his ACL. I think Klopp um, talked about it, and he said he, he pretty much knew it was going to be that straight away, which is which is horrible. But again, it's like I think ACL. I think it's 
diagnosis usually six months to nine months. So yeah, it's going to be a season ender, and it's just annoying with the contract ending and whatever. And we were, I think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago whether like he'll get a new new um, deal and whatever. I don't, I don't know how it's going to work now with him being out. Like he may, he might get a, a year extension. We don't know, but it'll be a horrible way for someone who's been around the club for so long and won everything with us and been a massive part of it. To be honest, I think it's sometimes like there's been times where he's been he's been better than Van Dyke for long periods, and he's been like because he's been a bit like. It's just a bit of a, a mad character and the no context, John Matip stuff online and all that mad <laughs> stuff where he reacts to refs. And I think it's like that makes him just seem not as like I don't know. It just it just it's because of all that stuff. He just doesn't seem as like elite as others. But when you watch him play footy, he is he is that good. And it's just it's just such a a sad way for for his his Liverpool career to potentially end, which is horrible, isn't it? Yeah, you, you know, you don't want that kind of injury for anyone, to be honest. Like, it's, it's a really tough injury for, you know, it's one of the worst, like knee injuries, I guess you can, you can have. It takes a long time to come back and you don't know what kind of state you're going to be in when you come back. So it does take long. But um, when you're talking about Joel Matip, like you said, there's like a tribute as well, because he's thinking he was coming in for free, you know, and he was really good and a, a great talent in German football when he was young, coming up in Schalke. And then obviously we picked him and you thought like, that's a good, you know, signing uh, on a free because he will give us something, but you never thought that it was going to, you know, turn out to be, to be honest, world-class for a long period of time. He will not be considered as good as Van Dijk during his prime or, you know, maybe, you know, a few of the great defenders that we had uh, in our history, but he will definitely be up there as a Liverpool legend who played so many games for us, won everything. And like you said as well, which I think is very important to mention, when you actually look at him play at his best, he could go into almost any team in the Premier League. There's no doubt about it. And he's sometimes forgotten, I think. You know, they forgot forgot the man. Like when people look at Van Dijk or Konate or even Joe Gomez when he played, when we, you know, won the Premier League or the Champions League, when he was playing next to Van Dijk and was really great. You forget about Matip's contribution. You forget about how good he is. And now we've seen this season, you know, when he's played, that he's uh, been injury-free up until now. And he played so well. And he got all the attributes to, you know, continue to play. But then this happens and we'll see what's going to come next. Obviously, like you said, he his contract is up. Uh, will he come back and get an extension for a year? Or will we actually, you know, uh, let him leave and find another option and all that we'll see but you know it's just sad because you want his Liverpool career to end in another way but you know you can't take away how important he's been for this team I, I love Joel Matip also because of what you mentioned about his um you know his his way of acting in one way you know his face uh, you yeah. know um impressions and all that kind of stuff that's going on so you know I'll He's one of them you will remember, maybe not talk about as much as other players, but you know, it's he's just one of the greats, isn't he? Yes, especially like being at the club for um what 26, 2016 he joined, didn't he? So he's been here for for a long, long time and been through again like all different types of teams and like, of course this new one and he's st- he's still been getting he was still getting played ahead of Canate, which again I think we've said a couple of times is was a massive boost for for him I guess because I, th- I think we all thought that him and Gomez were just kind of going to fade away and we'd bring in new players to replace them but that's kind of not been the case which is again a testament to their ability just to stick around and, and still put the hard work in it so it's just a shame but yeah I guess 
I think what people are thinking might happen is when once it comes to January, we might obviously we'll have a list of players that we've got targets for 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 the summer. Of course, with if Matip, if he decides to say stay, then that'll be I think that'll be boss to be honest. If even just a, a year deal, but I'm sure we'll have a list of players that if that's not going to happen, we can just fast track it to January. And I think that's always difficult anyway, with like prices being more the more expensive and people don't want to lose. Um, players during that time as well. So whether we do something like that, like we did with Luis Diaz, where we had them prime for summer arrival and Spurs came sniffing around and we had to just put the bid in and get it done qu- quicker than we would have hoped. So we could do something like that, I guess. But it's um, yeah, it's just frustrating. I think it's good in a way that we've got, like, of course, like Quantz has had enough game time and stuff and he showed like how good he is. So there's options there still to get us through. But yeah, do you think we should... Going in January, I think it's always. I think Klopp's always like seems to be against that a little bit, just because it's he doesn't want a short term fix. Is what I'm trying to say. But if he can like maybe fast track someone in that was going to come in anyway, I think that might work. But I think it just depends on like fees and stuff, and because we know we we play within the laws of like the boundaries within financial fair play and all that stuff, which we will get into Man City later. Who don't? Um, but it it's going to be an interesting one to see what who we who we've got in the. I don't know, in, in the list of players that might come in. Yeah, you know, they have to look at the situation and see what they might be able to do uh, because now they uh, they know that he will be out for that long period of time and and that obviously takes us down a defender. But, you know, I'm not sure what's uh, what the deal is with, for example, Phillips, you know, in Celtic, is he on loan or whatever? But, you know, that, that there's an option there because he's homegrown and they know there's no costs involved. If they, if they are able in that deal to say, we wanted to come back because of this, you know, sometimes I guess they are having that in a deal that if something comes up in our team, there was, you know, like a serious injury that they got the option to actually um, call him we back. Call him. Yeah. Um, you know, just to actually have a spot for a defender, like we know that we might be able to use in Europa League or in domestic cups or whatever. But uh, I still think that, you know, even if Matip was um, not injured, I think we would have to look at a defender just to, we know that, you know, he's coming to an end with his career and all that kind of stuff. But it's hard to say in January. I, I don't mind if they find someone that is, you know, a prospect, like young one that maybe can come in and, and learn the trade as well because we, we know that Kunath is young, Van Dijk is, uh, you know, playing his levels again. So it's very hard to get into that position in the team. So that's why I'm thinking maybe they can find someone that's young, but we've got Kwanzaa on our hands as well. So I don't want to take up a spot for him because I think he's proven himself to be able to play at this level without any yeah. problems that this look like. So we'll see. I'm not re- really worried. I'm just sad that Matip is out, but I think we are all right with, what we have, but we also know obviously Gomez and Konata can pick up an injury anytime. Problem. So I think they might have to look at it, but they should only go for someone if it's the right choice. I, just, I don't want us to just buy someone because of sake of it, because I, that's how I, in my opinion, is on the way we are doing business. So i rather probably take back Nat Phillips if that's possible, just to you know uh, have that spot uh, covered and then we'll see it for the summer and you know see if Kwanzaa can step up and all that kind of stuff. It's a tough one, but that's what I'm thinking at the moment anyway. Yeah, I think it's just relying on players that n- not just get injured now and again. Like like Canate seems to pick up loads recently, and um, Gomez like because he doesn't play that often, he's staying fit longer. And I think it's because we've had Matip and we've got like yeah. three injury prone centre halves there but because yeah. you're into changing them you can get away with it a little bit more so the obviously the less you've got the harder it's going to be so yeah it's a i guess it's a it's a big 
decision that we need to make. And I think hopefully we can keep most of the other players injury free. Otherwise, we don't want to be going down the road like we've done in the past, where you're struggling for for players and you put on midfielders in there. Like that was yeah, let's not even get into that. That was a, that was a mad, <laughs> mad time to be a Liverpool fan. There. Um, but yeah, let's get into the game a little bit then, because of course, like I mentioned, the the start of the show was the first time we've beat a um, newly promoted side away from home since October 21. We beat Watford, which is just. It is a bit mad, and it's like it, going into these games. You should be like, Liverpool have got enough to beat these, but sometimes we just don't turn up. We just, I don't know what it is. We just, it's something about it. Like we just got a little bit of a mental block, and it seemed like, you know, I think the game yesterday, I think it started like that a little bit. We grew into it. But what, what are your thoughts on the eleven before we get into it? Because um, we were discussing who might play, and we were thinking maybe. Um, yeah, just Canate to come in for, for Matip because we knew he was injured. But we saw Endo come in as well uh, and Gapo start as well ahead of ahead of Nunes. So I think I was made up for Endo, to be honest. I think after after these... I just... I love that Klopp has like a... Based on merit. Like if you if you do well and if you come on and you perform well, you get given a chance the next game. And I think I was happy that he had that opportunity and also backed it up by, with another good performance as well. But I think generally... That was a a decent enough lineup. I just feel like, yeah, I think we mentioned it before, like the Gomez and Simicast thing. We we lose a lot of balance without Simicast, and I think Gomez didn't cover himself in glory in that game at all, especially the first half. But on paper, I think in terms of like changing a few players and trying to keep people fresh, I thought it was probably the right thing to do. Yeah, and you know, I uh, I always want uh, Nunez to play because I think he, he brings so much to the way we play. But you know, I was completely happy with Gakpo, you know, having a chance to play as well because we, we need to rest him because the 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 games comes very quick now around the corners all the time. Like you know, we play on Saturday again, so we need to balance their uh, play time to just keep them fresh and actually you know be able to go hundred percent in the next game and not having any troubles. Uh, you know, because we, we saw McAllister getting knocks during the game and all that. So it's good. Obviously, now he was substitute, but we need to kind of rotate a bit just to make sure that we can fight all the way through this period of time when it's so many games. So when I saw that, I thought, you know, we that's good enough for us to be able to go there and actually, you know, give them a game and, and come away with three points. Uh, Joe Gomez to the left is always, always a question because... It's not his natural position. We know that he can play there. But I think, you know, Tsimikas is doing it really well. Uh, he's been good uh, lately. Um, so I'm 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 not surprised if he will, you know, start the next game, obviously. And that's another one. You know, you give him a little bit of rest because he's been playing now very intense as well. So when I saw it, I was like, yeah, that I'm happy that. And I'm, I agree with you to see Endo plays for, you know, in, in the midfield because of, like you said, on merit because he's been good. It also gives him a boost, and I, I thought it was good, you know. So um, when I saw that, and we—that's what I think. I think is good with Liverpool uh, now that it's, that we got the options to actually. If we remove someone and and take in someone else, it doesn't really affect the levels and qualities too much. Like there's obviously Salas and Nunezes and whatever you know, Sobaslies that we know that they will bring so much quality, but it doesn't affect too much if we sw- switch it up a bit. And I think that's a very good thing for us uh, going forward. So happy when uh, the lineup came out. Yeah, definitely. I think it's yeah, especially when you when you factor in like I know we're going to get into the game and stuff when the last time we won the league, we only won there by one goal. Gini Wijnaldum scored like a proper fluky goal. So it's like yeah. it's one of those where 
I saw a few messages in the group chat saying like how oh, we weren't great and whatever. And it's like, yeah, we weren't, but it's like it's about these are just about getting over the line. Like it does like yeah, yeah, you can say this like Gomez weren't good and whatever and whatever, whatever, but like it's getting over the line in them games, especially with the record that we've got against like we recently promoted sides away from home. Like that's in the back of your mind as well. Then you've got like you need to keep pace with Arsenal and, and whatever else, and we'll get on to City soon. But it's one of them that like win by any means and it's that it's yeah. like just take the take the performance for what it was it can be better but like that's just like go there win get out it, and, go, and go yeah but that's the thing it's a strength to you know be able to go somewhere away uh, uh, against Sheffield United away which is a tough one and because we know that they their game plan is going to be you know to sit tight uh, and actually go there don't play well but still come away with the result because you can go there and play great, but don't win. And if you go somewhere and don't play great, but still win, that means you got the three points. And, you know, that's something that we are rather just, like you said, see through. And, you know, I rather have moments where, okay, the, we didn't play very well, but we still won it. And we won by two this time instead of one, like when you mentioned the Rinaldo goal and stuff. So we still got there, had two goals, uh, obviously a little bit shaky during periods of time during the game. Um but it's very important to know that, you know, we win those kind of away games to take with us when we play, you know, the bigger teams at home or away even. Because if you win these kind of games, you will not for many times, like too many times, but you will be able to afford to lose a point here and there against the bigger ones, maybe, because they will lose some points as well. So if you can win these kind of games away, it will hopefully bring you over the line and you will be in the competition for the for the league when it comes to the end of the season. Yeah, exactly. Let, let's get into the game a little because we've we've said like certain players were a bit sloppy. Gomez, in particular, first half, first half an hour, like passes were just like slightly off, and it's just like a few moments where I mean, Keller, to be honest, makes a massive save where they they go through, and I think it's a former or it's, is he on loan? Mahati, he's I think he's on loan from City, or he, he used to play for them. Whatever, there's a City link there, and he's through on goal. And like, of course, he's going to bag this. Keller makes a very good save, and especially after like. The last game where we were criticizing some of some of the positions, maybe that he was, he was taken to try and save some of the shots that he was facing, and he and conceded a few goals off the back of it. Um, but that one was a massive one. I think that's something that you need your goalie, especially the way Liverpool, the way we play, is so, so high up and whatever. If we if your passing needs to be on point, and if if it's not, you're going to be able to present opportunities because that's what their game plan was. Try and close them down. If they try and make them make mistakes, if they make mistakes, break at speed, try and score, and they nearly did it to perfection. But a great save by Keller, and I think that's something that I think he needs as well. Just like something like that to give him a bit of a boost, because there's no question how good he is with the ball at his feet. I think he's 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 class. Like so he's pinging some boss balls like second half right into feet, but like making a save like that just the keepers in the game. I thought was yeah massive. Yeah, and you have to remember that you know. He doesn't play much, like because we got Allison, and we already said, you know, he's the best keeper in the world. It's just never easy to come in and do that kind of job, even though you will do your job. It's just never on the same levels. It can't be because if you're gonna uh, come in and cover cover up for the best in the world, it's gonna be a tough task. But we know that he's got the quality to do the job, and uh, you know, against Fulham, you know, he had a few moments where we discussed last time about he could have done better in the whole defense. Could have been could have been better in those situations, but you know these kind of um, saves and games where he get the uh, run of games as well because of the injury uh, to Allison, it also obviously will boost him and you know will hit some kind of form because if you play 
and you get the run of game. It's the same with like we're talking about Curtis Jones getting he's a rhythm player. He needs to play to keep that rhythm. I guess it goes for all players in one way. Uh, there's some that can, you know, be off for a bit and then come in again and always do the job. But I think for a goalie, it means if you play, it's easy to find your way in games because you're not involved in the game the same way as outfield players. Um, so, you know, all the all credit to Calais for being, you know, uh, good in this game, doing those saves. Uh, we didn't concede, you know, so let's just go again and, you know, keep the self-confidence up and uh, support the lad because he's one of ours. And I think, you know, even though you know that he's not got the same quality as Alisson, he's still a very, very good backup keeper that you want to, um, you know, when he comes in, you want to support him and don't give him too much shit, to be honest, because I think, you know, in the end of the day, uh, he's just had to do, do the job. Yeah, massively. I think that's something that, like I've said before, he knows he's going to be back out as soon as Allison's back. Um, so I think it's good for him to have this bit of period of, of time because he's going to play in other games as well, maybe in the cup games as that, when that starts and stuff. So there's going to be opportunities for him still. Um, but let, let's jump straight to the, the goal then because we had a few opportunities and it seemed like we had. I just need to check how many corners we had in the game because it, it did. We had twelve corners in the game. It did seem like we had a lot. <laughs> we're just watching them get fired in all the time, and the the goal comes off one of them. I think is it the corner where Trent just pulls his shorts down and shows his ass to everyone? That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw something on Twitter. You say you know he got the, like an ass cyst or whatever it was. It yeah, was I think that was funny. Red, anyway, yeah. <laughs> provide the yeah. yeah. He's like he's like tried to pull his his, his shirt down, and he but he's pulled the shorts down, and his, his top yeah. came up, and he's just like. <laughs> It's one of them that's going to stick forever. He's Now he's done something that he will never get away from. You know, this one will be like a yearly thing. Like, a, oh, it's one year anniversary of when Trent showed Trent his showed ass and then yeah. assisted Van Dijk. Yeah, and then, yeah. like, corner taken quickly. It'll be like, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so, someone will think it's sort of understand. Corner taken Arzy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ass taken quickly or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it comes off, it comes off that and... <laughs> Again, like one of their defenders, like their defense, like just going over, and like it, it happens every game, and it seems to be creeping in and be even worse now because people know because VAR, if they go down and hold the leg or whatever, and it, they've got nicked a little bit, they'll they might give it when they've slowed it down to the fucking nth degree and replay it from different angles. You know, they've got a chance yeah. of it being disallowed, and I, th- I just always expect it to be disallowed now. I just like, and it kind of takes it away from enjoying the game because you we score yeah. a great goal and you like see someone on the deck and you're like oh it's gonna be like a stupid foul where he's fell over his leg or whatever but thankfully now and van and verge gets his goal and i thought that i mean at that point he was just in in the game he was just ticking over nicely but i just thought when when you factored in the whole game as a whole i just thought he was just imperious everything that was happening he was heading stuff away of course his passing was as good as it always is, a few few stray ones here and there. But um, again, he was just—it was just like a proper captain's performance. I think you could hear him screaming at players like pressure, get get on the ball. I guess stuff that Hendo used to do, and he's took that mantle up himself and, and kind of made it into his own. And I, I thought that was a nice little capping off of the work that he's been putting in and the performances he's he's been putting in recently. And to get a goal is. Yeah, his boss, especially in a game like this, where you, you need a goal before half time is always key. And I thought that just on the 37 minute was massive. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the corner and assist from Trent for Virgil van Dijk to score that kind of goal that he actually scored there um, was brilliant, to be honest. Um, and I'm happy for van Dijk also because, like you said, he had uh, a, a brilliant period of time and now in form where he's played really, really well. And it's like the van Dijk of 
of what we you know used to see since he arrived really and then he had a little bit of dip but now he's back being that Van Dijk that we all just trust and you know I think the captaincy has also taken him to another type of level like in terms of he's always been a lead and obviously you know with with the Dutch national league you know um team um I think you know you respect your captain when you're in a club team because you don't want to take too much uh, from like when Hendo was the captain, he still he still was a leader, and we got leaders in the team. But you still respect your captain. You know that he's the captain, so he's doing that kind of captaincy work. I think now when he's the captain, he knows that he's, you know, should take the responsibility. I think that also helps uh, him in a way. So, you know, I, I'm just happy to see him being Van Dijk again because when he's at that, this level, there's not many other defenders being better than him and it helps the whole team and it was a great goal as well but I, I agree with you when it comes when it comes to VAR that you know I was celebrating when I watched it on my phone be like yes come on you know sitting at the table like I said with people from work but I was still, they know that I'm a geek so they didn't really care you know I was like yes come on it's a goal and my colleague supports Liverpool as well so we were both like into it but at the same time then we were both like wait wait did something happen are they going to check something so I hate like you said it takes away the great feelings from a great goal. And I don't like that. That's the thing with the AR. Like it, it does affect the emotional part of the game, which I don't like. So, but you know, fortunately for us now, it wasn't a problem. So it was one nil, uh, but you know, uh, I don't like it. That's the, that's the bad and minus from, uh, from VAR in this kind of situations where they can check stuff like that. Yeah. Thankfully they didn't do anything about it. Cause of course, like I said, it's just, you just worry straight away. You're just like, fuck's sake, they're going yeah. to take it off. But thankfully quick check and we, and we crack on. And I thought, I just thought like getting to the half time, you won the up. It's like, yeah, it's sound, but it just like, it was just a bit of a weird game. I thought it was just Liverpool didn't seem, it was just, we didn't seem to get going and we were just trying to like knock it round. And we was, we seemed like we we're stuck in two minds, whether to go forward or just to keep the ball. And I just thought, like, so at some point we weren't that great at keeping it. And you just, when you do that, you're giving them chances. So we were stuck in between. Do we keep it and just let pass it round, or do we try mm. and play that incisive pass and potentially lose it and, and then have a counter attack? And I felt like that's kind of just how the game went. Went, and of course, like as the game progresses and you're getting into like the 80th minute and whatever, 75th, 80th minute, you're like they're going to press more. And of course, long throws, um, Jack Robinson, like. Th- in Rory the lap style, like drying the ball with a towel and taking like a minute and a half to dry it and then launching it in. And we dealt with all them. And you could see like there's a few times where we're cheering, like or like slapping each other on the back because we've made a good clearance and it's stuff like that. That I think, especially get, trying to get a clean sheet in games like this, it's 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 huge. And um, like we like McAllister had that injury early on. I don't think he kind of recovered from that because it was an open wound. And then Curtis Jones comes on for him. We have. Uh, Elliot comes on for Salah and then Darwin Nunes comes on for Luis Diaz as well uh, on the 67th. They then bring on like Fleck and Traore and Norwood and Lowe, try and like have a bit more freshness in the game and that's kind of how the game went. It was a little bit backwards and forward but I thought we were just still knocking it round nicely and we might as well go straight to the goal because Darwin Nunes thankfully got rid of the braids. I was made up when I saw him when he when he's come out. I was like, oh, thank fuck, he's fucking he's talked them out straight away definitely yeah. after the last game. Um he comes on and it's kind of straight away. He gets on the he's getting on the ball, he's making stuff happen. Um, yeah. the goal comes from like where he, he loses the ball, he tracks backs and tracks back and makes a a great tackle again. <laughs> VAR, I was thinking the in the way the game is now, 
they might they might disallow that because he's gone over the top a little bit and like from the side and it's like scissor action. It's all like these little shitty buzzwords that the refs use now that yeah. any, any reason to disallow a goal. <laughs> yeah. But he wins it back and it's he sees Zobosly in loads of space and it's a lovely little ball. The first touch and the finish by Zobosly is is class to be honest. It is class how, how he does it and it, he's been getting not 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 grief because he's only been here two minutes, but he's been I guess he's. By his own high standards of what he's been producing so far, he's not been as good in the recent games. And I think this is hopefully one where he can go, well, I performed okay, and I, but I still got the goal. I kind of killed the game off. And I thought that was like a lovely moment at the end as well. Yeah, and I agree with what you said on Nunez. You know, he comes in and he's having an impact straight away. And that's why I love him, because I think, you know, he's just someone that is always creating stuff and being involved. It's not just one someone that goes you know, under the radar, you don't see him and you don't think of him because he's always in action. And we mentioned it obviously last time that he needs to be better when it comes to goal scoring and stuff, but you will get there. No worry. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. I loved, I because lo- I, I was complaining when he lost the ball. I was like, oh, come on. And then yeah. he actually just, you know, throw himself in with that tackle, wins the ball and assists for, so was obviously scoring. And then obviously with VAR again, I thought as well, like they, they always find something to look at, I guess, because they got the opportunity to do it. But I thought the tackle in one way, this, this you know, small, um, there's, there's an argue there that, you know, you can, like you said, the, the scissor kind of position of his legs and the way he comes in from the side. But, but I, I said to my colleague as well that we were watching, I was watching together with, and he said, there must be, there must be some sense of letting football be in football. You need to be able to actually try to win a ball fairly. You don't go into a tackle with the intention to injure someone or do something stupid. He's actually trying to win the ball and he does get on the ball first. And, you know, even if it does take the play out a little bit after, it's not in the worst way. It might look more worse than it actually is, but you, we need to have some kind of sense where the sport needs to be the sport, football, and not being like everything is a foul, because then you also take away uh, excitement, energy, and fight. Like that's the thing you want to fight on a football pitch as well. And you, as a sport, you want to see the fight in a football pitch, and you want to see you know um, tackles and challenges that are all right, and be able to actually applaud them when when them happen, because you want to. You want to cheer on when that happens. I remember so many times where I've been in the cup or whatever, you know, when I lived in England, there's a great tackle coming in and you maybe take the player as well, but you, you already, you know, cleared on, you, you're clearly first on the ball and you know how the crowd, just, you know, applause and screams because it's a great tackle. And I don't want that to, to be taken away because every time there's these kind of tackles, they will look at it and it, the same with the goals, like it takes away something from the game. So I was very pleased it did stand because it also, you know, can be praised for Nunez that he lost the ball, but he straight away fought it back, won it back, and then gave it to Superstar, who scored, and we won the game. So it's just a great moment from Nunez, to be honest, to actually know that, fucking hell, I lost the ball. Now I need to do something here, or they might counterattack. And he wins it in that manner, which I love, because it's a fighting spirit. It's a willingness to, you know, go and win this game. And that's very important to me personally. And he does that, and Superstar scores a wonder goal in that way, you know, the touch and and the weight of getting the ball over the keeper and all that. So great goal, great result. And, you know, it's the three points. That's what we want. Then, and that's the most important thing going forward from here. Yeah. And I don't know if I've, I'm spending too much time with Mike from Opta or speaking to Mike too often, because as soon as that happened, I was like, <laughs> oh, is, is nine assists, assists only to Salah's ended? Because now he's got one. He's got, he's got his 10th and a twist. Oh. I'm like, I, was like I'm not, I know exactly what Mike's thinking. I'm thinking the same now, unfortunately. But again, like you said, presence of mind to, to the... Um, 
to get to get the ball back and, and to play it in and stuff was just again what we want to see from Nunes. He's always not going to be he's not always going to be crisp and, and smooth um in, in in those type of moments and we want him to be better and we've mentioned that loads but if you if you're going to lose it, win it back. And he did, he did that, and he played the ball, and and we, yeah, ninety plus four. Um, we love a ninety plus four goal, and that was kind of you can just be, you can just relax then because I think any any time one nil in those times, it all it takes is another another long throw, and if it's a bobble, funny, and going or going off someone's yeah. going off Trent's crack, whatever. Could any any could have happened in that game, <laughs> um, but getting over the line was the was the massive thing, and it, it's. Yeah, I think Salah still he's still he's still he's still trying to get that two hundredth goal. He's still one off it. Um I mean I don't know if he's saving himself for Man United potentially. I mean I'd love him to score before then if if possible, but um, probably get the chance to score three or five in that game, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah, exactly. The chances always present themselves in, in, in games like that. Um but there was a there was a I just wanted to talk about like there's a graphic, I think it was Andrew Andrew Beasley on Twitter. And I was just kind of talking about like Trent, uh, the league table basically. What bef- since Trent has inverted into midfield, I don't know if you've seen it. So basically, since since that happened, I think was it the Arsenal game? Was it twenty five yeah. games, seventeen wins, seven draws, one loss, and if we, yeah, I mean it, it means nothing really, but it just proves that the new system and Trent being allowed to, I guess have a bit more license and be in midfield. We've got eight, 58 points from 25 games, which is the most in that period. City have got 55, so we've, we're three points ahead of them in that in that fairy tale league that doesn't exist. But I think it just proves that, again, Trent, an, another assist um, and his passing range and whatever. I mean, his defending, he, was, he got megged a few times and whatever, but I think you can always expect that when he comes up against tricky wingers, but it's getting him on the ball and letting him drive forward with the ball in midfield is... Something we've started to see a little bit more, and I think going into these games coming up, especially like we're going to talk about Palace soon and and United and West Ham and Arsenal and all types of games coming up, we need them to be on top form to be creating stuff. And I think he showed, yeah, he showed a different level. I think since he got the vice captaincy, I think like you said, similar to Van Dijk as well. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and you know we have to remember as well that you know Trent's been playing right back for us since he came into the team, and he's done it brilliantly. He you know developed to one of the best in the world. He got so many assists during that time. He's you know affecting games from that side, and now when he's playing, you know since he's playing in this hybrid role on midfield and going up there to be more creative and you know passing rage, scoring goals, and all that, we have to remember that you know even as a right back, he because people obviously talks about his defending abilities but 
he's never he, he never was a right back though. Like he's always been a midfielder, you know, being creative. He was that as a youngster as well, and he learned to defend as a right back. And you know, he but he will never be that kind of defensive great right back because his skills are in the offensive play and. I think also he's asked to take more risks because of his way of playing. So he's not asked to be like, it should be, you know, sitting tight, defending. It's all you should do. He's actually, you know, one of them that Klopp goes, you should go forward and be involved in the game on that right-hand side when he's playing right back. And that's because we always had, you know, the, the others, you know, the central defenders to cover for him and help him up because they had that quality. Uh, now when he's playing this role, it's another story, obviously, but we can see, you know, how he's, uh, growing into that, you know, every kind of game, you know, being involved, assist from corners, scoring goals in, ga- in games, you know, that, that we win, uh, being able to direct the game with his passing ability. So, you know, like I said in the last show, I think I'm just very, very happy that we got Trent in our team and he's uh, very capable of playing different positions and having impacts on game. And he's such a talented player. So, you know, we always have to remind ourselves that his first task is not to defend and we have to live with that. Yeah, exactly. I think that's something that has always been the case, hasn't it? Even when he's been right back, he's basically a right winger, and we had to exactly adjust. He's still got to do some defensive work, but if he's he's so good going forward, we need to allow like <laughs> allow a little bit of leeway for him to just allow, give him license to go and do that. But again, like it's Liverpool got over the line and got the points, and it's I can see the point of view. Like I mentioned before, like people like wanting to talk about player performances and whatever, and yeah, we can we can all agree we can be better, but. It's it's one of them games where you just need to win. We can all improve. Like Diaz can be better, Gomez can be better, Salah can definitely be better. No, Nunes can be better. You can go through the whole list of players probably and say this moment they could have done better. They could have passed it better there. They could have pressed a bit better there. But that's yeah. like with the games coming up and like changing a few players. Simicast coming back in again and having a bit more balance. It's all about who's on the field and it, how comfortable they are. And I think it's something that we need to. Especially with this Liverpool, new Liverpool side, like 2.0, whatever you want to call it. It's something that we st- we're still growing into our own feet, I guess. We're still growing into ourselves to figure out um, how we can yeah, go to this ground and win. Because I think, like, like when we had like Salah, Firmino, Mane, we knew what was going to happen. We knew certain moments we were a bit more. I guess like cohesive as like a, as a group, and we knew like how to defend, or how, how the midfield were going to work. But this new this new setup, but and new players we've got, it's we're doing amazingly well. I don't think anyone expected us to be where we are in the league at this point in time. I think I don't th- I don't think was well, rival fans definitely, but even Liverpool fans wouldn't expect us to be on thirty four points after fifteen games and just two points off Arsenal, four points ahead of Man City. To see Aston Villa in third is just it just is just mental. Um, but it's hopefully something that we can yeah we can get better on as the season goes and especially when we're getting into yeah crunch periods and like after Christmas and whatever where you need to yeah be even more consistent it's going to be interesting to see how Liverpool how Liverpool get on um but we have to move on to after the game because you want to talk about Klopp because <laughs> he got asked that um obviously I was on Prime over here and he got asked like a question from I think the, the, like the reporter was. I think he was just. He wasn't being like a knobhead. He was just trying to. He was just trying to make a, a laugh or whatever, or trying to make Klopp laugh or whatever. But just didn't go down right. He, what did he say? So, said something like, "Oh, you've got your best fixture, or your favorite fixture coming up on Saturday, a half twelve kickoff." And we know that we get loads of half twelve kickoffs all the fucking time, and it drives us insane. So you can imagine how much it drives Klopp insane, and he doesn't even like speaking about it in press conferences and whatever. Um, but yeah, it was just. 
loads of people online, like Ravel fans, like going, oh, look at this knobhead. He's a cry ass. He's a baby, whatever else. And it's like, well, yeah, he, he might, he could have handled it better, but that, that, that's Klopp. Like, if you, <laughs> you just got to take him out, how you, how you find him on whatever. If you ask him a certain question, he might just not like it and get off. But I thought it was just funny the way, like, he just shook their both hands, slammed the mic down, and, and, and walked away from the yeah. fellow who asked the question. But I, I guess, like, you, like, you, Quotes with some I won't mention who it was, but like some Man United fan on on online and stuff, and just people like just moaning about him, which is again is just is funny in itself. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. You know, when people, if you're going to be serious, I agree the club could have handled that better. You know, he doesn't have to be rude towards the reporter because he didn't he didn't say it in a way that was disrespectful or anything. He was trying to make a little bit of a joke because it's been you know a talking point for long time, um, and I guess. You know, Klopp, you know, even though he should be happy that we won and all that kind of stuff, there's, I think he's just very tired and uh, over with that kind of discussion. And the way that we are scheduled at, you know, 12.30, uh, most uh, of all teams and very much so with a big uh, difference compared to other teams. Um, so, but then you want to see, you know, when people, so I, I agree with you and I agree with what people say. He could have handled a bat. He should have been, a, a you know, uh, that kind of um in that way against the report because I think it's a little bit too over the top as well. But at the same time, I'm I can understand him. And then when people start to moan about you know the cop being this and that, you know I'm I I think I said something about as well like in a in a Swedish tweet today that you know the thing is with Klopp like you just have to love him obviously as a Liverpool supporter. But if you actually do understand and know Klopp as the person Klopp and the human being Klopp, if you read into who he is. You can't dislike him. You can dislike him as a manager for Liverpool because you're supporting another team. But, you know, to say stupid things about him because we know what he's done for, you know, the way he acts towards communities, how he's taking on, you know, especially Liverpool as a city, how he talks about people and things in life that are more important than football. You know, when Alison's dad passed away, his own mum passed away during COVID. He couldn't go, whatever it was, for for her funeral or or be with her for the you know the the. When he talks sense and being that kind of person, you just love Klopp for being a really very nice human being, a warm person. But obviously, he's a manager for a football club that he has the pressure to always you know do the. the perform at their highest levels and win trophies and, you know, compete for titles. And because that's, it's, it's in our DNA, it's in our history and that's where we should be. And he's taking us there, but, you know, because he's having that pressure and there's injuries happening, this, you know, where Matip's injury obviously is unlucky. Then you have this uh, little injury with McCallus, you know, it's things that obviously will affect him that happens in games and he's up with adrenaline, you know, he's just won the game and it's been, you know, I can see him sometimes at the touchline being very, very angry, you know, shouting at the place and all that. So he's obviously having all that adrenaline and in his body at that time. And then there's a question about the 1230, you know, I can understand. He's just being annoyed and can, you know, just fucking hell, just, you know, let it go and all that kind of stuff. But in the end of the day, if he didn't have those kind of moments, in my opinion, he would be, a little bit less likable because I like the way that he can switch from the great person Jurgen Klopp to be the manager Jurgen Klopp, but also the person that's just like I had enough of this, so you know I'm yeah. I'm leaving now. I like him because he's actually very honest in that way, and he can say stuff, he can talk a lot, and people can say what they want. But in the end of the day, any fucking other supporter out there would love to have Jurgen Klopp in their team for the way that he's actually taking Liverpool, being 
not financial doped or whatever and having to build his own team by like finding quality develop quality and making this into a machine winning every fucking trophy so if there's any man united fan or anyone out there you just complain about oh Klopp is moaning you would love him to be your manager and you would have loved if he came in at the same time that he came into liverpool and transformed your team but it's not he's ours and we love him and you can say whatever you want <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of them. Like he's a bit, yeah, he can be a bit mad sometimes, can't he? But he's a, he is a genius as well. And, you need yeah. that madness to be a winner as well. You can see it in Mourinho. You could see it in Alex Ferguson as well. Look, the thing is with Alex Ferguson, if you're just going to take that quickly as well, you know, you don't like him because he won so much with Man United and made them successful. But I do respect him, even though the, he had his weird moments with you know reporters and stuff that he said as well. But you need that to win. If you're not on that level, I think you know there's a balance there. If you if you if you're a little bit over the top and a little bit mad, you will you have something extra, and that will take you to success in the in the in the long run. And there's you know there's loads of even Pep. You know he's even if we talk about Man City and you know money and all that, but Pep has also that little madness in him. So it does take you different levels compared to many others. And you know Klopp, Pep, Fergie, Mourinho, you know they all are proof that it you know it works i guess to be a little bit mad yeah i think there's there's players as well like suarez you could say rooney like there's just there's moments where they just see red and it's like yeah it happens it happens um but yeah i just thought that was funny to talk about and you we might as well talk about man city then to to kind of actually no we're not talking about man city we're talking about palace first or do you want to talk about man city or palace first we might as well discuss it live not live but like right now while, while we're doing it yeah, we're, gonna do... up to you i don't i don't mind just let's, let's do Palace. We'll save City for the end because we can have a little laugh about it. Um, so yeah, Palace again, like we've just been saying, half 12 kickoff. Um, again, it's going to be a tricky game. It, it is because I think we like, going into this game, I think the, the feeling among the fan base was like, yeah, we're worried about it because Liverpool, Liverpool have been doing against these sides and whatever. Away, away form's not been great. And I think this is another one where you're hoping Liverpool can take can take the energy and uh, and the euphoria of getting getting over the line in a game like we did against Sheffield United and applying it into the into the Palace game. Of course, it's going to be a more a, a trickier proposition, of course. But Saturday, half twelve at their place. It's half twelves. I just in general, I hate half twelves unless unless it's an, it's not us and I don't mind watching an early kickoff. But when it's Liverpool, just always takes us that little bit longer to get going and stuff. And um, but I think if we want to be serious about Going for the title, and I was like, I don't want to be like saying we're in a title race, but if we if we remain up there, I'm like we've drew with City, and then we've went and be Fulham, but in a mad circumstance, we've backed that up again by going to be Chef United. You'd have to, in a weird way, the more the, the way you when you keep winning, the next game after becomes that little bit more important because you need to keep that momentum, you need to keep building. Um, and again, like we've only seen 15 Premier League games with this like new Liverpool side with loads of new players in there and stuff, so. It's still hard to judge exactly what we're going to do, but I think the more time goes on, the more games you play, we're seeing like how strong mentally this Liverpool side is, and how I think it's almost like an interview after the game saying like we just need to win, so, like basically saying what we've said, like the performance wasn't as good, we could be better in moments, but to get the win was massive, and that's like it's it's as cliche as that really. But again, this one's going to be a, a tricky one, like the 14th in the league, um, 16 points, so. I mean, uh, they'll want to be doing better, especially for the players that they've got. Um, 
available as well. But like just looking at their recent results, um, yeah, they got beat two 0 by Bournemouth, drew with West Ham, lost the Luton. Uh, the last Premier League win was against Burnley on the fourth of November, um, month ago. So bit, 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 bit of a while ago for them. So they'll be wanting to change that. And I don't know that. They'll want they'll they'll just be using the same blueprint that most teams seem to be using, like Luton and and Sheffield United tried to do as well. Just be on the ball, trying to put as much pace as you can in the side on the counter and try and cause us problems because it, it does it does work. It's just how Liverpool react to it. But again, yeah. I think it's going to be it's another test for us just to see what what we're made of for this season. Yeah, and I think you know it's a very important game in terms of when we play in the Premier League. After that, is against Man United, and the other game after that is against Arsenal at home. Both at home, so they will be massive games. Obviously, playing them two at home, so to go from two away games, hopefully with six points altogether, it's something that will be very, very important going forward to the other games. So, you know, going to Salas Park away, it's a tough place. But I think, you know, we the same thing as going into Sheffield United away. We got the strength and the quality to go there and do it. It's just, like you said, it's the way of how we react to that kind of game and the way they want to play. Because, like you said as well, they know that they are not at the same level as, as us when it comes to quality and, and you know, the levels of players. So they will have their tactics and do their things. And we just need to make sure that they doesn't work for them. Uh, we need to react. We need to be um, fighting and grafting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I kind of look forward to the game, but at the same time, not because it's very. It's I'm, I'm almost more nervous for this game than I will be going into Man United at home because I know that that's a, such a big game and at home we are so strong. And at home, yeah, we have so good record against them. You know, we, we like against Man United, I mean, so we, we kind of had a little bit there, like, because we know that we've done so good against them before, and obviously they want to change that, but it's still at home, so it's one of them where you think, like, let's go and have them. That's why Crystal Palace away is so important to me to get three points, because you can go into the both home games against Man United and Arsenal, like I said, with this feeling of, yes, we got them points, we got that out of the way, and now we're going to play these two massive clubs, and, you know, we're going to bring it, we're going to go and go for it. So, I'm very nervous, but as always, looking forward to it. Yeah, and I think, like we said, like the Simicas was rested because we we can't play Simica, um We can't play in every game. Gomez needs to come in because Robertson is, isn't back yet. If we get Robertson back soon, I don't know when that's going to be. It's probably going to be Jan or February, isn't it? Based on like, like was it f- maybe three or four months for a dislocated shoulder? So I think he, what was it injured in October? Was it or something like that? So it's, it might be around. January, February when he comes back, so we need to be rotating those two in that position for now while we try and get us by. And I mean, by say getting us by, we're doing so well, so it's still working. But and we can only get better when we get Robbo and Pachetic, the I mean Tiago and whatever. Like that's that seems like a long way off getting Tiago back and stuff. But we've still got different levels we can go to. We've got winners that we haven't got even got in the squad yet that can come back and add to the add to what we've already got. So. It's something that, um, yeah, is going to be interesting as as we go forward. And what what are you thinking for lineup then for for that one? Because, like I said, we rested like Simicast, we rested Nunes. He came on for last last moments of the game. Um, McAllister might not be available just because of the cut early on, where then he's got it sewn up. He got a bandage around it, but I think because it's one of them where it's been stitched, it might not. 
it, it won't have healed by by then. So it, it might be difficult for him to be going like playing full throttle and chasing balls down in case in case it pops back open again, which is just pointless mm. to try and which is horrible to think of I can see your face there. Um but yeah, <laughs> I think it's we've got options in there. I think Endo stepping up as well and being so good and assured in that six position, I think is also is massive because we can we can rely on him in that position a little bit more. Um especially with the games we've got coming up just to provide us a little bit of just just making a foul, just make a tackle, make a foul, make do whatever you want to do. But yeah, and um, especially away being a little bit above a of a of a wall as well. Like if we play at home, we might go a little bit more creative. Uh, and obviously McAllister being maybe back, you know, for the for the home games that I mentioned before. Uh but you know, playing away against Crystal Palace there, I think, you know, having uh, Endo playing in midfield and I don't know, but I, I you know, I still want to see Gravenberg get this game going again because I think, you know, even even though you know he kind of he's been good, but then he had a little bit of a drift off and all that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, he, he brings something in terms of, you know, being a big lad in the midfield. So I really like that. But um I'm with you on the Timikas thing. I think, you know, playing him to the left, obviously he was rested now, so we get a little bit more balance there. Uh, you know, the central defence, uh, it writes itself, you know, with Van Dijk and Kunate. But midfield-wise, Endo, Gravenberg, Sobersly, but I want yeah. Nunez back in. Uh, I think, I think, I think um, yeah, and I think Diaz, like, he hasn't been, he's, he's been good, but then he kind of drops up, drops off a little bit as well now in the last couple of games. He's always a force, though, but, you know, I'm thinking as well, like, because I think Gakpo is bringing something to this team in, in, in terms of keeping, you know, holding the ball up and keeping the ball and actually driving it forward. So I wouldn't mind him maybe to play into the left, like, in an away game, because he's a little bit more controlled with, with the ball and doesn't take as many risks, a little bit better to maybe drive the ball in a in a sensible way, if you like, if you know what I mean. And in a Jota way, like I mentioned before, Jota is a clever player. Gakpo seems to be a very clever player as well in that kind of sense. So he could actually play to the left. Obviously, that's a position he's been playing loads before. So if he comes in instead of Diaz, maybe to rest Diaz for home games because he's got that kind of energy, you know, playing Man United at home and all that kind of stuff. So maybe that's a solution as well. I don't know. But I could see that happening um, in, in my own opinion of how we would play. Yeah, and you mentioned like Diaz there, like his uh, cyber on the show on Twitter posted something like about his dribble success. So like... 21 22 65.4% 22 23 49.2% and then this year 43.8 and i think he's i mean you can like we've said you can go through all the sides and say you can be better you can be better you can be better and that's that's even more the case when you when you're dropping points losing games or whatever but like when you're winning you you've, you can those messages are hopefully easier to to understand and to get on board with but i think him in particular I think he does need to. He's got moments in games where he can create stuff, and he, he comes inside a lot. Or he, he was over on the right wing for moments in the game yesterday. Um, but I think he's another one that I think it's one of them. You either give him give him a rest, but Jota not being there, you can't interchange it. You put Nunes over there, maybe like you said, you could put Gapo there, um, or you just keep playing them to get him. Yeah get him back into form by playing them to games so I, I, I don't know especially with games coming thick and fast I think it's going to be an interesting one to see how we go about doing that but there's no doubt how good he is he just needs to he's just dropped a little bit and I think after the stuff he's gone through and whatever and football wasn't the priority of course it weren't I think maybe he just needs to get himself back to mentally a stage where he can he feels 
himself again. And that might be completely wrong. He might be fine. He's just not performing well. I don't know what it is, but he just doesn't seem to be on the same um, electric level that I, I, he was on. Yeah, exactly. He scored. He scored that goal, you know, um, for against with the header. I can't remember now. Was it yeah. last? Um, oh, last, last game. Oh, yeah. So you know, on. so he's 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 doing his bits. But I, I agree with you that you know, in his overall game, it doesn't really click the way we've seen him before, where it's dribbles or you know, going past players and being that kind of electric force with energy. That's why I'm thinking, you know, if we want to have a little bit more control game, maybe against, you know, Palace away, that Gakpo could come in on that left-hand side to actually be a little bit more sensible, maybe. Just, you know, keep the ball a bit, you know, make sure that we come up uh, over the pitch and go forward a little bit more like, um, but we, I don't know, like, because... Diaz is more like he's he's going with the momentum at that moment. Like he's very much you don't know what he's going to do, and that's great as well. You know, playing home, um, he tires out defenders with that kind of game, and then you can actually you know bring someone else on and the defender go like fucking hell, I can't be bothered with this anymore. So that's good with him. But you know, I think like you mentioned there that we want to see more of him. You know, consistently performance of goals or assists. Uh, like we used to see Mane, obviously, you know, it's not fair to compare. And obviously, he's, like you said, he's gone through all this stuff with his dad. But I think, you know, to maybe rest him a bit and play him a bit, or you just keep on playing him, I, I don't know. But it's just something at the moment where we want him to maybe raise his levels. And there's others as well, but especially with the, the force up front that we want to create, he doesn't create enough at the moment, I think. Without, you know, and I still want to, you know, point out that, you know, I love him the way he plays. It's just that sometimes maybe you need to drop him to have someone else in because you can play a different game then and stuff. So it's not like I want him to be out, out. I just feel like maybe balance it a bit and see if maybe playing another Europa League game, you know, finding his way back again, coming back to become the player that we saw when he actually uh, arrived, when he was, you know, was brilliant. Yeah, I think there's gears to go up, isn't he? That's the thing. I think he's yeah. like... He's in like gear two or three at the minute. We know there's levels he can go up, and that—that's the thing. We know how good he is. So, um, and we're, we're going to need him. We're going to need it, even if he's again like Jota goes in and out of games, but he always pops up with a goal. If Diaz can do that and also try and get a little bit of confidence back in him, his, his own ability to beat someone and create something and do something like we saw in the past, then that's even better. But we're going to need him to we're gonna need him to do that in the games coming up because there's, there's loads of them and big games coming up that we need them. We need we need people firing. So, um. It's going to be an interesting one, but we're going we're going early because, of course, this is an early prediction, uh, early <laughs> preview, I should say. We're going for score prediction now, and it feels weird because no one in the group chat's done it yet. And then we can't go back on this because we know um, <laughs> people in the in the group chat will be listening and we know what we've gone for, so we can't change it. But what what are you thinking for um, for Palace away half twelve kickoff? Mm. Yeah, it's going to be a tired one, but. Liverpool need to step up. It's gonna, but yeah. What are you thinking? I just hope there's gonna be another one that we just, you know, see it through, uh, fight our way through. Maybe we find our ways and it clicks and it's perfect. You know, we play a really great game and it, it we come away with, with three points comfortably. But I'm I'm a little bit nervous that we won't because we know that they can put in a shift as well. Um, so I'm I'm gonna we I'm obviously gonna go with Liverpool winning, but I think it's gonna be a two-one to Liverpool. Like it's gonna be one of them where you stack fucking hell. And then we will look back at you know the Fulham at home and that turnaround of the game. We look at Sheffield United away, which we won two 0 but it was a tough one. And then Crystal Palace away, and hopefully win that with a you know just like maybe one goal margin 
and we will look back when we beat Man United fucking 7-0 uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, think that they were very important to us. So I hope it's going to be, I hope we're going to win 4-0 and it's going to be fine. But I just wanted to see it through, like we mentioned before. Like, I don't mind how we performed in this period of during the season because it's, it's so tough during the Christmas period and, and the winter period in, in, you know, overall. So 2-1 Liverpool and, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be like an, a nail biter. I know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. Again, I, like you said, I'm excited for it, but I'm also like, oh, it's just yeah. another away game. At Mixed feelings. Yeah. I'm. You know what? I'm just gonna go for another two nil. Um, got myself yeah. three points in the in the group chat with my last prediction, so I'm, I'm happy with that. Ninety plus four. So obviously, I bailed me out. Got me three points. Um. So yeah, another two nil. I'm never confident about us keeping clean sheets. I don't know how many times I've said that. I'm sure it's in the hundreds that I've said that I'm not never confident we're going to keep a clean sheet. But you never know if we if we get one in the first half like we did again, and then just just make it into possession or whatever. Try and keep the ball as best you can. Make some chances. Get another goal if you can, and, and crack on. But yeah, I think I think I think two nil be absolutely sound. And before and before we go, we just want to talk about Man City because. We don't often get to speak about Man City and in a way where they're losing games and whatever else. And I just think it's interesting because, the, the, of course, like as soon as the Liverpool game ended last night, it was on Amazon Prime, so I was like straight on up, clicked on the on the Villa game, and Villa were just Villa were just so good, man. They were so impressive. I was so impressed by how how they were playing, and it's it's mad because, of course, like Man City didn't have didn't have Rodri because he was suspended. They haven't got De Bruyne because he's injured. I was like, well, you should still have enough in the bank. You should have enough. Well, they've got enough in the bank. We know that. Uh, but like in, in in reserve to come in and 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 to fill those gaps, like they, they should have enough to do that. Um, but like we're four points ahead of them, and that's like it's people maybe saying that they crumble and whatever else. And I think like Klopp said that you're crazy if you think City aren't going to be in the title race. Like they always have like a period after Christmas where they win loads of games. But I think it's just interesting to like to talk about where they are because. We've got to go to Luton. I think it's on Sunday. We know we struggled there. Arsenal struggled there. Just got over the line against them. And I just when you look at the table, like they've drew three and lost three already. They, and when you look at the whole of last season, they drew five and lost five. So they're only two draws, two losses after the whole of last season. Um, mm. After fifteen games, do you think is? I'm not going to say the wheels are falling off because they get to January and sign like four players for four, forty-five <laughs> billion quid. Um, but it's it's just it's an interesting one, isn't it? Like how how they're doing because last night was the first time I've seen them. Like it seemed like they gave up a little bit. Like it just like they were so leggy and tired. And we've seen Liverpool have games like that and still get over the line. And that one they were just getting absolutely battered. Like they scored and they then then Douglas Luiz hits the post. They have a few more chances. And I was like, this is crazy to watch. And I think that's it. Might just be a one off. It might just be like back to normal against Luton and they win three nil or whatever. But I just think it's interesting to see like where where they're going at the minute as well. Yeah, and then we, we we shouldn't forget to give praise to Aston Villa, obviously, giving them a, such a great you know game and tough game to play against them. So you know they've been doing really well, and the way they are playing football and creating stuff and scoring goals and you know being high up in the table, just you know being at the top, you know that you know that's very good. And it's 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 a one way very nice to see you know a classic club like, like Aston Villa actually being back somewhere where you you wouldn't expect them to be but you know there's another team there it's which is not the the normal suspects if you like <laughs> um so i kind of enjoy that in one way as long as you know they don't beat us or come you know before us obviously uh but you know with city i think 
you know, you can't write them off, like you said, because they got all their quality to, you know, find, uh, you know, uh, 10, 12 wins in a row after Christmas, uh, whatever, how many games are left there, something like that, I can't remember. But, you know, in terms of home games, obviously, I mean, because away it's hard, but you know, they, we know they've got the quality to go, uh, like you said as well, like against Luton, you know, we struggled there, Arsenal, uh, you mentioned that, but, you know, I, I don't see City going there to, to be beaten or lose points. It's just one of them where, you know, they, you know, Haaland's going to score a hat-trick or whatever. But it's nice to see that they are... The human. Yeah, and they are... They, other teams can handle them. They can go and put performances in against them and win. Uh, it's nice okay. to see that, you know, a team that's been so discussed about being great in terms of playing football and, you know, quality that they have, but also have all these, you know, charges about financial... Um, doping and you know all the rules that they'd be big it's just nice to see that you know nothing at the moment doesn't go smooth for them because in one way i wouldn't say it's just like uh haha whatever but it's just a little bit fair in one way because i think you know other teams that are not only liverpool that have been doing things in the right way there's other teams that have been affected by man city and how they might have done things and you know probably most likely have done things so it's nice to see clubs like aston villa or you know, other teams actually getting points from them or winning games because it kind of comes out, in my opinion, like it's yeah, it's a bit, it's it's a bit of fairness. I don't, I don't mind it. <laughs> I don't mind it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. I just think it's nice, like especially like you said, Villa deserve credit. And it's like they've. It's like all of a sudden these teams that are decent. I've realised like if we go at these teams, the cities, the Arsenal's, the Liverpool's, the other other teams. We can we can get something, and it's like there's no point sitting back against the Man City because they're gonna score eventually. They, pr- they probably spend the whole time in training just doing those drills, pass side 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 side, cross in goal on the six yard line. Like that's that's all they ever do, and that's all they've done for however long. But they're so fucking good at it, and these teams have decided actually let's just get a bit of pace, a bit of power. Let's see what what we can cause down the other end, and I think that's. I mean, it's good for the league, especially like when we mentioned like Villa are up there and United are somehow weirdly close to the top of the league. It just that just doesn't even feel. I mean, it doesn't even feel normal because they've had like a, a mad season. But hopefully, like you said, games against us coming up, and they've got Villa coming up, and other other games where they'll hopefully say bye bye back down to the bottom of the league where they deserve to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's, it's just an interesting point. I think it's going to, especially like them going to Luton. I think that's going to be. Hopefully, a very well. We know it's going to be a tricky one for them because it was for us. It was for Arsenal. So it's going to be interesting to see how they cope, especially at the not in the right f- frame of mind. I think in terms of where I mean, normally they're just a machine, aren't they? they just go there, bulldoze them, win one nil or two nil, and get out of there. Like we like, especially similar to what I guess what we did, but, but I guess in a more controlled way than we did it. Um, but yeah, let's let's hope to, let's hope they have a few more struggles because it, it doesn't it hasn't happened very often and it'll be nice to see a little bit more. Um, but we shall leave it there because we've done a, done a nice long hour there. But as as you can appreciate, there was loads of stuff to get through and Joel Matip and Liverpool doing well and well doing well winning games is is the main thing. Man City and stuff like that. But I want to give a shout out to Jack Design again. If you haven't seen his website or you haven't seen him on Twitter. The Klopp Adidas stuff is, it's absolutely boss. It is, and there's, like I always say, there's t-shirts, there's jumpers, mugs, calendars, whatever you can think of, there's something there with a fancy design on, or like a player that he's drawn on a top, or trends on stuff. I've, I've got some boss stickers with like 
old school kits with like Fowler on and and um, Rush on and stuff like that, which are which are class. Um, so get yourself over there, jackdesign.uk forward slash shop, enter the code COPI10, get yourself 10% off. So Christmas is very close. Um, still don't feel I was going to say Christmas is saved. <laughs> Christmas is saved by the COPI podcast. Get yourself 10% off. No, it's close. I don't feel that Christmassy yet. Um, I don't know when I will this year, but again, I'm still looking for presents and whatever. So it's going to be, if, you, if you're in the market for stuff, then yeah, get yourself over. If you, I'll say it again jackdesign.uk forward slash shop. If you don't remember that, just go over to Linktree and it's there, Jack Design and enter co-cop by 10 and get yourself 10% off if you fancy helping Jack, who's a boss Liverpool designer, and by helping him, you help us. So if you if you want to help us indirectly, then get over there and buy some stuff if you fancy it. Uh, but yeah, we shall get out of here. Nice one to Christian, as always, for jumping on and talking talking with me for, a, for an hour <laughs> every time we do a show, which is... I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Well, I mean, drink and discuss. The last one was crazy. That was two hours. That was mental. We won't be doing won't be doing two hours again. But we'll try and fit, fit one in at some point, maybe next week. We'll try and get Farrell. We'll try and get the, the aim of the game will be to get Farrell pissed. I think that'll be the best. Just, like, <laughs> just keep drinking that lad. Just just get just get him smashed. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we shall get out of here. Thanks, Christian. As I just said, thanks everyone for listening. And yeah, we'll see you all very soon in a bit. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Copy Podcast. Podcast Network.